Okay, do we want to do the intro? Let's do it. Let's try it. I'm talking to repeat ourselves a couple times because really? we suck at it. Weirdly nervous about this now. Why? I don't know. Why are you nervous? <laughs> <laughs> Is the widow baby scared? Oh, poor scared widow baby. It's a baby. Hello, and welcome to Where the People Aren't. I'm Allie. And I'm Jesse. Today we're talking about Robin Hood. Robin Hood. And his the merriest of men. Merriest of men. Man. Just one. The merriest man. Uh, can we say man if there were no men in the movie? We just did. Picture it. Picture it. It's 1973. Robots. Everywhere. Chest hair. In your face. All Stashes the time. everywhere. Mustaches everywhere. Cocaine is flowing freely. Aerosmith releases their debut album. Roe versus Wade passes. Everyone has to get abortions now legally. Immediately. The U.S. involvement in Vietnam ends. Vietnam does not end. Also, we lose the war. Watergate happens. Oh, shit. Boom, boom, boom. The DEA is founded, creating a whole generation of fucking narcs. Dean Corll is shot by Elmer Wayne Henley. It's a true crime thing. It was on Mindhunter. Anyway, it was good that he died. He was evil. He was a rapist. He was a rapist and a murderer. Good. Fuck him. The Endangered Species Act has passed. Does absolutely nothing. And Robin Hood is released in theaters in December of 1973. Was it December? Yes. It was November. Whatever. Robin Hood, directed by Wolfgang Reitherman. Music done by George Bruns, which Allie keeps thinking is George Burns. His pre-comedy career. An amiable rooster called Alan Adale tells stories and sings songs of the heroic Robin Hood and his trusty sidekick, Little John, in this animated, animal-themed adaptation of the legendary story. When evil Prince John deputizes the Sheriff of Nottingham to collect unreasonable taxes from the animals of Sherwood Forest, Robin Hood, Little John, and the other merry men wage a light-hearted battle Lighthearted battle against their evil people foes. die. How is this lighthearted? Who dies? I probably, I don't know, probably a bunch of people. I don't know. I mean, light is battle ever lighthearted? It was released November 8th in 1973 and then re released on March 28th, 1982. I didn't realize they did like these re release things. Uh, yeah, I think we'll, we'll get into that later, but that's part of why they were so yeah. reluctant to release videos, because they wanted to make more money by re-releasing them to theaters. So there must have been, like, re-releases of a lot of them that I just didn't see. I guess that there were. Info. That's wild. It had a budget of $5 million and a box office of $32 million. It's pretty good for 1973. Pretty legit. I think that might be adjusted. That would make sense. Because that's a lot of money. That's a, that's a lot of money. Um, it has a 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb, mm. a 52% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the audience score is 81%, but I'm pretty sure that's just nostalgia. Probably. The song Love, which I had completely forgotten was even in this movie because yeah, it's, not, it's not great, Mm-mm. was somehow nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song. Slim Pickens that year, I think. Must have been. Um, it was also nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Recording for Children. Mm. Should I do the origin story? Let's do it. It's a, it's a lot. It's, a, it's lot. a lot to uncover. I did not know I was going to be falling down this many different rabbit holes <laughs> doing this. Um, most of this information came from the all-knowing Wikipedia and National Geographic's website. Robin Hood is a folk hero from English lore. He is traditionally depicted as a veteran of the Crusades who returns to his home in northern England 
and finds himself entwined in a cat-and-mouse game of noble thievery. He's seizing the means of production. Robin Hood was the leader of a community of thieves called the Band of Merry Men, who also partook of stealing from the rich to give to the poor. Alongside political intrigue, including two rivaling king brothers, I guess that they're princes. One is a prince and one is a king. Yeah, you only usually have one king at a time. No, who knows? Uh, I guess rivaling king prince brothers. Robin Hood and his merry men encounter priests, other outlaws, and yes, even ladies. Ladies. Maid Marian, Robin Hood's love interest, is often viewed as one of the first strong female characters in British folklore. Interestingly, though, she wasn't part of the original Robin Hood Mm -hmm. ballads, apparently. She started as a character from, like, May Day festivities. So, Christianity borrowed from pagan traditions again? What? What? We'll add it to the list. So she was a shepherdess in the May Day festivities. Sure. So there's very different accounts on what Maid Marian represents. Sure. In both these May Day festivals and when she was later added into Robin Hood stuff. Okay. There's a lot of people who are like, oh, she's the Virgin Mary, which, mm-hmm. okay, we don't always have to make it about Christianity, but you do you. Mm. And then there's the other side of it who think that she's just a prostitute for Friar Tuck. Like, that he uses? Yep. You know, it's, it's not a little boy, so I'm fine with it. I mean, so Friar Tuck, Friar, are friars part of Catholicism? I think he's they're like a, monks, but I'm not sure. He's not a priest, so does he have celibacy as one of his vows? Well, he's a badger in this one, so I don't really want to think about it. <laughs> anyway. Moving on. Um, the story of Robin Hood dates back to the late 15th to early 16th century. Although there are thousands of stories connected to the character, some of the consistent characteristics are his excellent fighting skills, his devotion to the Virgin Mary, which I hadn't heard anything about until you found all this tonight, his dedication to battling injustice and his adoration of Maid Marian, the virgin and or whore. I mean, it really is the Madonna both. whore complex, isn't it? It really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't everything in the end? Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I've always said. I'm going to be honest and say up front that the only point of reference for this story that I had, because I've never read any of the books or anything, was this movie and Mel Brooks's Robin Hood Men in Tights, which is one of the best Shit. movies ever made. Carrie Elway's Post Princess Bride. I'm still real pretty. Dave Chappelle is in it. Morgan Freeman is in it. It's just, all in all, it's just a great... How would you watch that one? Richard Lewis is in it. Yeah, it's a great movie. I have it over there on DVD. The story is so old. And there were so many variations of it that I didn't even know where to begin. It was like watching Doctor Who from the beginning. So I'm just going to stick with the well-established facts that appear pretty consistently throughout different versions of the story. Interest in finding the origin of Robin Hood became a popular quest following the publication of Sir Walter Scott's 1820 epic novel Ivanhoe, which I've never read. It apparently was influenced by this story of Robin Hood, or at least he appears in it. Whether Robin Hood was a real person or not is still up for debate, but he appears to be a, um, I can never pronounce that word that I wrote. Amalgamation. An amalgamation. An amalgamation <laughs> of several people throughout history, so he was at least partially shaped by real historical figures. From the smattering of research I did, there doesn't seem to be one coherent and consistent story of Robin Hood. It all just seems to be different tales based on the character and the supporting actors. So I found a, an article on the BBC website by Dr. Mike Abiji, 
I think you pronounce it. We're very sorry, Dr. Mike, if we said that wrong. Sorry, Dr. Mike. Um, anyway, according to him, this genre of folk hero was unusual uh, at the time of its popularity around like the, what, 15th, 16th century, and this is what he wrote. What is striking about these stories is that they reveal that in an age when the rule of law was respected as the foundation of good government, those who put themselves outside the law had become popular heroes. This is in complete contrast to public perceptions of the outlaw at the beginning of Henry II's reign, and shows that the existing order had come to be regarded as tyrannical. So Robin Hood is really a hero of rebellion against tyranny, which is pretty fucking rad. Legit right? rad, yeah. According to the same BBC article quoted above, forest law was also an issue at the time. There were huge sections of forest all across the country that were reserved strictly for the king and his like chosen people. So if you, even if you lived nearby and you, like, before these were passed, you would have lived off of whatever, like, wild game meat you could have caught or poached or whatever, shot, I guess, stabbed, attacked, I don't know. In the forest, you it was illegal to hunt at all. I like, think this is something that I never occurred to me because I didn't think about it when I was little, but, like, England's not very big. It's quite small. When you stop to think about how big it is in comparison to other things, like... Texas. Texas. If you're blocking off huge swaths of forest... Just it's for the significant. King. It's very significant. What else? How are these people supposed to live? I I don't know. I guess that they're not because of this, and because Sherwood Forest is the epicenter of the legends. This be- makes his defiance even more important in 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 his character because he's like defending this particular swath of forest. So basically, it's a very very old story with very murky roots, and the uh, only the characters are the concrete part of it. Which is good, because it's open to interpretation, like Mel Brooks does it, oh, and yep. Kevin Costner did oh, it, yeah. and there's that BBC series with Rich Armitage. Didn't one Gisburn. just come out with that kid? Yes. The British kids the with, British with weird kid names. Um, is it Egerton? Ter- is it, yeah. Is, he, is that one? I don't know. I, it looked terrible. I didn't see it. But... It's open to a lot, to so many interpretations that there has to be like, there's one for everyone, I think is kind of, there's and this is, Hood for everyone. and this is the one for us. Yep. Us and the furries. Yeah, we're going to be coming back to that one a lot. <laughs> I ended up on the furry Wikipedia today. I was. That's in your internet history forever. <laughs> I'll never be president now. Never gonna 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 be president now. So this isn't a movie that I watched a lot. I think the only time I saw this one, my cousin Brian had it. I remember watching it at his house. Mm-hmm. But this isn't one that we had. So I don't have, like, some big connection to it. Really? No. At I, all? Not really. Like, I said, the other thing I think when I thought about it, I was like, oh, I watched it at Brian's house when I was, like, eight. It wasn't my it wasn't my favorite definitely. Um, when I bought I bought it on DVD a few years ago because I hadn't seen it in so long and I thought it'd be like you know I like having them on before Disney Plus became a thing. I liked having copies of them, and it's not one that I go to very often. But when I told people that this is the movie we were doing for this episode, a lot of people were like, "Oh, it's my favorite one." Really? Yeah. Huh. I mean, I'm sure they haven't seen it in fifteen or twenty years, but they have very fond memories of it. I mean, I remember enjoying it when I watched it, but I gotta say, watching it now, it's not really a very good story. I don't think it's a great story. It's told in a really rushed way, but I do think that the acting is really good. Yeah, the voice acting is great. It's very good. But 
there's just not like a cohesive story like okay robin hood stealing things and fighting the sheriff it's very all over the place and then they burn down a stone castle yeah that that the more i think about that the more that bothered me so they burn down a stone castle and then dot 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 profit basically right Um, right (laughs) king richard shows back up off screen and solves all it's the not very satisfying and also like the relationship between marion and the king prince is never really established they never really talk about how marion and robin met and you know i love background stories i love like yeah like so it w- they met when they were children okay and that's all i said and I, you, do they really like each other or are they just the only foxes around right we don't see any other foxes not a single one yeah, I don't know, like, okay, so you met in childhood, but how? She's, like, a noble woman, and he's clearly just, like, some kid out in the woods. He's just some punk. Because this one doesn't, shit. doesn't, like, establish any sort of, like, he was a nobleman himself, which a lot of other ones do establish. Right. That Robin Hood is a nobleman who's trying to fix things and make things better. Right, yeah. Um, he comes back from the Crusades, and he sees that, like, his beloved town has fallen into disrepair and is, like, under this tyrannical rule, and he wants to help fix things. Right. And this one, we don't really get anything. He's just rambling through the woods with little John. Yeah, he just kind of seems like a douche, honestly. Kind of like frat boy douche. Kind of frat boy douche, you know what? yeah. He seems kind of like a Chad. Oh, no. <laughs> Aladdin's a neckbeard, and Robin Hood's a Chad. <laughs> Oh no. Let's apply meme culture to every male character in Let's do it. Disney movies. So this was the first animated film after Walt Disney's death in nineteen sixty seven. I think it kinda shows. Do you think so? I mean a little bit. I mean it comes back to that like not a very cohesive story. Well, what was the last one he did? The Jungle Book? I think so. Was that super cohesive? I haven't watched that one in years. I, I haven't know. either, but I feel like we never really find out where Does the little Mowgli kid came from. Well, I mean, he, yeah, that's true. I don't know. He goes in back into the village. He follows a that little girl true. back into the village, but he's feral. He sure that is. whole that point is really just kind of glossed over, isn't it? That's a subject for another podcast, Alan. Yeah, we'll dive into that. Focus. We'll in dive here. back into the feral children of the Disney legend in our different podcast. But I think, I mean, this is something that we talk about a little bit here coming up, is that this one does kind of feel like they didn't know quite what they were doing yet. Well, what, okay, I think that's probably fair. We This is something that's in our notes later, but part of why they actually chose this to release on the video, because this was the first Disney film that was released into, like, the Walt Disney whatever film collection, was because they didn't feel like it was one of their strongest ones, and they didn't see themselves re-releasing it again, so they didn't think that it was, like, worth it. So maybe that maybe they felt the same way. Maybe this was, like, their throwaway. Like, we have to put something out because Walt's dead we, now. Yeah, and, like, we, we have to try. Have to going. We have to try without him and see how it goes. Yeah. I wanted to say this as I was doing my research. I tell everybody this fact. I like to embarrass myself. So generally our research for films just starts on Wikipedia because it's the first thing that pops up. And uh, I read this on the Robin Hood Wikipedia page for this movie. Around the time of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves in 1937, Walt Disney became interested in adapting the 12th century legend of Reynard the Fox. I didn't know what that was. I'd never heard of it. So I clicked on the link that led to that. And it said, Reynard the Fox is a literary cycle of medieval allegorical Dutch, English, French, and German fables. The first extant versions of the cycle date from the second half of the 12th century. The genre is is very popular throughout the late Middle Ages 
and in chapbook form throughout the early modern period. And let me tell you that I have absolutely no fucking idea what like at least a third of that means. <laughs> it was like I was reading something in Greek. Yeah, you agreed to do the origin story for this, and I'm suddenly like, oh shit. As soon as I saw the words Crusades, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> gotta research the Crusades. God damn it, this is like in the middle of my fall semester too, where I was already doing research for everything I did not want to do. That's why this podcast has taken. We're almost a year late. <laughs> But we didn't give up. We haven't given up yet. No, we're not going to give up. No. No. Not until we make it to the LA Podfest. <laughs> it's the only goal in Then life. we'll give up. Then, then it's over. Done. But actually the Wikipedia page had some really interesting facts on there. Ken Anderson, who was a writer and art director for Disney, pitched the idea of Robin Hood, of a Robin Hood animated adaptation to the head executives years after Walt had suggested it back in 37. Um, the, the executives loved the idea, but Anderson wanted to set the film in the Deep South to, quote, recapture the spirit of Song of the South. Yikes. So Anderson was not what we would call woke, which I feel is proven by the fact that he worked on Song of the South and apparently felt that it was strong enough to try to I capture that, a, that lightning in a bottle like again. Like that was a good thing? Like, dude, I don't think anyone on Silent South should think it was a good thing. No. Not even the, that one. Were, were they? Yeah, we have to. Oh. I've never seen it. Is it on Disney Plus? It's probably not. It better be. It probably isn't, but we'll we'll figure oh. it out. Um, the uh, executives were like, no, we know what happened with that. And then he decided to set it in England. No shit. And found inspiration from 1952's Robin Hood and His Merry Men, which was Disney's second ever full-length live-action feature. I think the first one was Treasure Island with Bobby Darren. Not Bobby Darren. He's a singer. With, He's a singer. I was like, I didn't know Bobby uh, Darren Bobby Driscoll, <laughs> who, who voiced um, Peter Pan and who died penniless at a very young age. It's very sad. Anyway, other fun facts about Ken Anderson's vision. He wanted the Sheriff of Nottingham to be a goat, which I think would have been pretty cool. But the executives, the same ones who shot down his Song, Song of the, of the South, South vision, uh, insisted on a wolf, which was a more typical animal villain. He also wanted the Merry Men to be involved, but the execs wanted more of a buddy film reminiscent of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Which, let me tell you, is not really a buddy film. I mean, yes, they're buddies, but they also die in a shootout at the end. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Spoiler alert. <laughs> You haven't seen. Both. Now the cops are coming to arrest you for that spoiler. <laughs> Welcome uh, to South I have, Minneapolis. <laughs> I have, I haven't seen Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Okay, since... it's a movie from like this. Good Our lord! Movie. This is Uptown. What do you want? <laughs> it's basically South Central. So they're going away. It's a movie from like the seventies, so I don't feel too bad about spoiling Butch Cassidy. And I the haven't. Se- I've seen it. I haven't seen it. It's in years. great. It's Paul Newman and Robert Redford. Sure. And it's- legit any movie with the two of them the sting oh the sting is like three and a half hours long and amazing for every second of it whatever it's great loser still hear the cops what is happening are there more coming yeah they're going away now okay anyway the doppler effect um anyway they wanted a buddy comedy a buddy comedy a buddy movie like butch cassie and the sundance kids so many of the characters like friar tuck i said friar tuck were (laughs) reduced their characterizations were reduced and moved away from merry manhood well and there aren't other merry men there aren't there's just there's just little john yeah it's robin hood little john and a bunch of dumb kid rabbits there are way too many fucking rabbits in this movie i mean that's how rabbits work Allie. that's why it's a thing 
reproducing like rabbits. I know, but apparently, do they have to feature all of them? Ken Anderson was so upset by this he cried. Um, Robin Allen wrote in his book Walt Disney in Europe that Ken Anderson wept when he saw how his character concepts had been processed into stereotypes for the animation on Robin Hood. It's funny that he was obsessed about stereotypes. Or upset about guy, it. For a guy who did Song of the South, do you think he'd be a little more It aware? was the wrong stereotypes. I'm gonna guess he was a white guy. Yeah, that's probably pretty legit I'm just choice. guessing. I mean, he's a Disney person in the right, Yeah, he, he worked 70s, for Disney. Like. This is something that I noticed when we watched it tonight. Due to the time it took to animate the film and cast the voice actors, because there was a lot of delay with casting the actors... The animators ran short uh, on time before the release and had to recycle dance footage from the Aristocats, Snow White, and the Jungle Book. So you can very clearly see when Maid Marian is dancing in the forest during her one of the songs. I think it was during the Phony, the Phony King the song. King of England. The Phony King of England song. It's um, the same footage of Snow White dancing in the hut. One of the things that I saw too said that that wasn't super uncommon. Mm-hmm. Just because if you're doing something that's the same thing yeah that takes so much time to animate i think they just didn't do it very well in this one they did it in beauty and the beast really? the last scene the very last scene in beauty and the beast is um a rehash of student beauty huh. when the dress is changing color oh. friar tuck another one of their production choices they had originally planned to make him a pig yeah but they decided that would be offensive to the church to yeah. make him a pig i don't know how that's less or more offensive than a badger. Honey badger. Honey badger. Honey badger don't give no shit. Does not give one single shit. But you know, can't piss off the church, God forbid. So this is what I was talking about with the being released. So Robin Hood was the first installment of the Walt Disney classic home video collection, which I think is like the big spongy boxes. I had a bunch of the big spongy boxes. I think that that's what that was. Um, on December 4th, 1984, it was released on VHS. On Betamax, cool. On Laserdisc, also cool. And on CED, which I had never heard of. I had never heard of this until you showed me it, and it looks like a really weird thing. It's, uh, what, how do you pronounce that? Capacitance? Capacitance electronic discs. Were record-sized analog video discs that operated similarly to vinyl records. I'd never heard of them before. They look exactly like a vinyl record. Yeah, you showed me that It's picture, crazy. Right? I don't know why they went out of style. Gee. So convenient and cheap, I'm sure. Anyway, Disney resisted releasing any movies for home viewing because they did not want to threaten ticket sales if they chose to re-release the film to theaters, but Robin Hood was considered kind of not too great, so executives doubted a re-release was in the works, so they just went ahead and made it available. And I don't have the stats on how well it sold, but probably pretty... So Robin Hood, when it was released, was actually the best performing Disney movie to date. But then why would they think that it was worth releasing it on video and not trying to get know. those? I don't know. I think, like, monetarily, it made more money. Who are these executives I keep referencing? I should have gotten more detail. Rich white guys. Probably. They're all rich white guys. Probably. Uh, there were some really great taglines for this movie. I disagree. You disagree? How could you disagree with such great things <laughs> as Robin Hood and his merry menagerie? <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> Join the merriest menagerie in the world's best love legend. This one's just this one's just weird. Jungle Book was a joy. Aristocats was a ball. Robin Hood is a riot. You're not funny. Sorry at all. <laughs> no, why is that funny? Oh, the lolly golly, what a movie. 
Mm. Oh, come on. Sorry. Uh, the film's press book related that Robin Hood utilized 350,000 drawings. Jesus. Including early pencil sketches and 100,000 animated cells, which it required a total of 15 animators and 23 ana- assistant animators to produce. What's an assistant animator? They probably have to do the shit things like color in this skirt. So shouldn't they still be considered animators? They're not. They're it's just, right there in the name. If they're just coloring in the lines, does it count? I think so. I see you, 23 <laughs> assistant animators. God, I wish I could find some of these press books that they talk about. Yeah, they that'd would be, be cool. so cool. That'd be really cool. I looked up, I was trying to find, like, if I could see find their PDF of it, because I wanted to see some of, like, because mm-hmm. it's probably got some really cool facts in that, too. But, oh, like, I'm sure. The only things I saw were people selling them for, like, too much money, and I was like, I'm not buying a press book for this no. podcast. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I don't like you that much. But I bet they're really cool. I'm sure they are. So one of the really funny things that I don't know that I ever caught when I was a kid, but Little John and Baloo are, from the Jungle Book, mm-hmm. are literally the same character. Yeah, they are. They're voiced by the same guy, Phil Harris. Yeah, he really got pigeonholed into that Yeah, I mean, that talk role, about huh? typecasting. Mm-hmm. So he voiced both Little John and Baloo, and the same animators animated both of them. I think that I saw, I watched this one more than I watched the Jungle Book, so I didn't Maybe I didn't notice that when I was little. Yeah, I don't remember thinking, like, oh, that's the same character. But it's, it, like, two pictures side to side, it's very clearly the same exact bear. Peter Ustinov voiced both Prince John and King Richard. And when I wrote this back down, it seemed a lot more impressive, except for when I realized that there's, like, one line by King Richard. And he sounds exactly like Prince John. I mean, so I like very much like we him. should have known that. I thought maybe he would stretch himself a little bit, but I guess I was expecting too much from him. Too much. Come on, Peter Ustinov. Ustinov. He's Uh, probably dead now. The voice of Robin Hood was Brian Bedford, who was a classically trained Shakespearean actor. So I said this as we were watching the movie, because we we watched this a few months ago, but I was probably wine drunk, so I wasn't really paying too much attention. But I think that this movie definitely contributed to, like, my draw toward british accents he has a real good one he has a really really good voice of course he's the only one who has a british accent he's the only one who has a good british accent that's true maybe marion technically has one but it's not a great one she does and some of the peasants like the dog what what is he a butcher or something with he's a blacksmith whatever he has one but he just yeah he does okay because it seems like so many of them felt like they cast when they were talking about doing it Song of the South style. A lot of them did, yeah. And then never changed it because they still have, like, oh, southern accents. A lot of them have very southern accents, which is weird. And, like, if you look on the IMDb page, all of these voice actors have cowboy hats in their pictures. So yeah, they're really leaning into it. I think a lot of them are ones that had done a lot of, like, western cartoons and things for Disney. Because Disney used a lot of the same voice actors over and over again. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, like, Maid Marian is voiced by... I can't remember her name. Monica something. Evans. Monica Evans. And she's also in the Aristocats. The mouse, the, the little church mouse with Merryweather in Sleeping Beauty. Yes. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I, I, he has a really good voice. He has a great voice. Uh, Louis Prima, who is just like a musician of the time, was so upset that he didn't get cast in this movie. And I couldn't find any more information on this. He was so upset. He that was just mad about he it. He was just mad that he personally paid to record the album let's hear it for robin hood which he then turned around and sold to disneyland records 
So I guess he showed them. Was it good, or did they just want him to shut up? I don't know. I mean, he did he did a number of Disney albums, so he must okay. have had like the Disney sound down, and he could just do it. And... Interesting. But yeah, he for some reason he really wanted to be in Robin Hood and did not get cast. Look, I have dumb dreams too. We all have dreams, and you I can't always I don't get what you want. I don't judge anybody and how petty their revenge is. That's fine. Get get it, Louie. You get it, Louie animation you had a few things to say about animation i always have things to say about animation a lot of it has to do with chicken was oh. it lady cluck lady cluck with her scottish accent to throw a real wrench no, in she's that from the side. highlands from the highlands of the sun from the highlands of of northern england where there are lotus flowers even though that's only in the southern england and, and no one has the correct accent so there's the book in the beginning of this one again. That's sort of the classic yeah, Snow White. We talk Beauty, about that in, in later episodes. Cinderella. Where, where that, that beautiful ornate book that's like an actual physical book that they made. Yeah. I don't know if this one was, but it doesn't... It's not... I don't think it was. It's not nearly as intricate yeah. as the other ones are. Um, but it also shows humans in the storybook. It shows Alan a Dale as a rooster, but Robin Hood is a dude. So that's a choice. <laughs> that was a creative choice they, I mean, they made so robin hood is the first disney film to not feature any humans since bambi unless you're counting that guy in the animated book right which we're not which we are not it's better than bambi everything's better than bambi. no mm, dumbo, dumbo. <laughs> <laughs> we got a short list of ones we're really gonna put on the back burner until we have no choice uh, we should probably start researching one of them i do not want to i know but god it's a dumb movie for babies, not like Robin Hood. <laughs> um, one thing I really, that I noticed this time watching through it is there's that, like, introduction of the characters that feels very, like, a play script. Robin yeah. Hood, a fox. Yes, by. it That's was. Sort of thing. And it was just... I feel like that they were trying to maybe make it feel a little bit more set in the time where it is, like, around the, what, 12th, 13th century or whenever yeah. it's supposed to be set. Yeah, I like that. Like, like laying it was, out those characters. It was the the intro is much more like literary yeah. than a lot of them, which yeah. I did enjoy. Because I don't think I can't think of any other movie that has like that sort of I don't the cast of characters. I don't think so. Yeah, and the cast of characters is a thing that you only really see in really weird novels and yeah. play scripts. Maybe they were really worried that you weren't going to know he was a fox. <laughs> I mean, how could you possibly tell? Or that Lady Cluck was a chicken with pronounced. Bosom. Yeah, I mean that would throw you off. You'd be like, chickens don't have boobs. Chickens, well, technically they do. No, they not have like breasts. They, have they don't breasts. have. They don't have cleavage. They do not. Uh, nor should they. Nor should they. If your chicken has cleavage, you have bigger issues in life. Mm, so does your chicken. So does your chicken. The animation on this seems a little bit messy. There's a lot of frozen frames, like but in transition. I think that just comes down to we've reached this point of TVs that. Yeah. Our frame rate that we have is so extreme yeah. with these frame rates from these hand-animated things that were like 24 frames a second. This is also pre-Gollum, remember everybody, so it was a different time. That's You're going to hear that a lot. This pre is pre-Gollum by about 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> by about 30 years. So yeah, it's just when you're watching it on a big TV mm-hmm. in HD, it comes across a little choppy and a little messy. Some of the... Yeah. Some of the lines look kind of sketchy and whatnot. Yeah. Not like... It's the assistant animators. Yeah. Fucking it, up. Fuck those 23 assistant animators. That's I why take you're back everything I said. No longer supporting you. So it, while... It, like if you were to watch it on a TV when you were 10 years old yeah. in 1995, like I was, mm-hmm. it 
to look great. Sure. Because TVs hadn't caught up to fancy-ass HD yet. If I have to listen to Jesse complain about how Friar Tuck doesn't look like a badger one more time. Oh my god, he doesn't look like a badger. Nothing about him looks like a badger. Google has, a picture of a badger. I'm going to put this up on Twitter when we do this. He has, please do, and then put a picture of a badger up I'm because do he a has poll. the same markings. He doesn't! Where are these markings that you're talking they're about? They're on his face. No, they're not. Oh my god. Friar Tuck is apparently supposed to be a badger. What else would he be? Uh, apparently he was supposed to be a pig, so that would have been better. I would have caught that. But he's not, he's clearly not a pig, so But what he's also else? clearly not a badger. No, he is a badger. That's an established <laughs> fact, that he's a badger. <laughs> Complaining about how you know he's a badger doesn't make him any less of a badger or more of a pig. <laughs> he has badger markings on his face no, and his he nose. No, doesn't! He's got one line across his face, but it's brown. He's also all brown, and badgers are like black and white, so what the fuck? I'm not going to talk to he you He also about has hair. Why does he have hair? Well, because he had to have the bald spot because he's a friar. Badgers don't have hair like that. Badgers also aren't friars. I mean, no, they're not. I mean, maybe they are. You I know what? I feel like you're, don't you're, know you're picking some real specific hairs to split here about what badgers can and cannot do when I don't think they can put on robes and take farthings from mice that live in the walls. Jessica. Allison. I don't want to do this podcast anymore. We're going to put a poll out on Twitter. <laughs> Tell us what it is. It's uh, Allie and I are going to vote in this poll and no one else will. And we'll never get a definitive I'll, I'll answer. get my boyfriend to vote. I'll, I'll get mine I'll get, too. No, I'll be on Connor's side. I'll, I'll sweet talk him. Lady Cluck of bosom fame knits in one of these scenes. Yeah. And she never even actually makes a stitch. She doesn't even move anything. I I knit, so I notice these things. She's Allie real thinks picky I'm about stupid. it. <laughs> That's not why I think you're stupid. <laughs> we won't get into that right now. But that's not how you knit. No. You have to actually move the stitches from one needle to the other. Well, she doesn't have hands, so that's, that's the gotta other be hard like, for her. How is she doing anything? She's only got wings. Or just wings. Just wings. But just she wings and boobs. She has like a, a wing thumb. No, she doesn't. She, she does. There's one part oh. where she's grabbing shit with her wing thumb. I don't know, dude. Maybe that's why her knitting is so bad. Maybe. Although she has a very nice looking scarf that she's doing in purple. She probably bought it and she's just doing it to trying to make it look like she's making it. Oh. Trying to impress Maid Marion. Fake knitting. Fake knitting for a fake bitch. We're on to you, clucky. We're on to you. Um, one of the other things that I really noticed is the backgrounds of this were done in very, like, almost like faded watercolors. Yeah. That was oh, kind of common, kinda wasn't pretty, it? Um, well, this one stand out, stood out to me a little bit just because I think it's, it felt almost like book illustrations. Yeah. Where, you know, really it kind of fades into the white so they don't have to print a full color thing. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, you know, really soft. I mean, there are, they did use watercolors and a lot of stuff, but I think it's more firm backgrounds than some of the other movies. Maybe that's contributing to the kind of overall literary feel that they were going for yeah. with this movie that I've, I've decided that they were doing intentionally. You know, well, we can attribute that to them, I okay. suppose. They're not alive anymore, probably. No, probably not. Everyone's dead now. Everyone's dead. Death of an author. We can decide what we think it means. That's right. Oh, there's an alternate ending. Oh, yeah. That only ever got storyboarded and isn't actually animated but there's you can find videos with yeah it's on youtube some voice voiceovers on the storyboards where when robin hood jumps from the burning stone castle the rocks are on fire the rocks are on fire when he jumps from there he gets injured and gets taken away by little john and then king no not king the other one prince john yes. too many johns prince john like follows him why the king or the pretend king is the one following him like this is why you have 
a sheriff. I was talking parts. about this earlier when we were watching it, like during the whole scene, the archery contest, and the prince is just hanging out on his like little portable throne thing, and then Little John comes over and pretends to be some like royal duke and like sits next to him like this king is hella accessible like right, this like, dude is an assassination waiting to happen where are your secret service men like come on it's just him and the snake everyone hates the snake. them but so he little prince john goes to the creepy old church by the cemetery and has a knife and a big dark cloak he took the time to change so he could have yeah, i had to dr- dress dramatic, for, dress for the part full dramatic effect and he wants to kill Robin Hood. Put he literally like they say put him out of his misery. <laughs> well, he's injured. And then King Richard shows up out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And he was like, "Uh, excuse me. Excuse I went me. and there was no crusade. You're, you took me for a fool. You're fucking snake." And I th- I think it was an interesting ending. I think if they had worked it a little bit, it might have been good because it kind of. And then like King Richard goes and he knights a bunch of people. And he's like, hey, Friar Tuck, why don't you marry Maid Marian and Robin Hood? And it kind of ties up some of those ends. And Friar Tuck said, as an ordained badger, I'll be happy to. (laughs) As an ordained fake badger. He's really a man in disguise. (laughs) He's the only man in this movie. He wanted to make the cut, so he pretended. That's what you should have done, Louis Prima. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) So I think, because one of my complaints about the movie is that they kind of like, you know, Robin Hood jumps off the castle and survives in the moat, and then they go off, and suddenly everything's better. Everything's fine. Oh, King then Richard the king returns came back, and they off got ma- screen. Where did okay after they like get married? Where do they go? Because he doesn't have a home or any money. Well, they were they talked about going on a honeymoon to London and other places and Spain and Spain. So obviously they have to go on their honeymoon first. Yeah, but where are they? How are they going to get the green for that? She's she can't like bring money with her. She's the woman. Well, it's not can, hers. Well, but they're married now, so it's all his money. Oh, that's a smart move, Robin Hood. <laughs> stealing from the rich some I more. stand it. Yeah. <laughs> Ste- right. Stealing from the rich. They did also Don't just, stop like, there. take all of the bags of gold from Prince John. Um, redistributed it. The okay, wealth. I would imagine that some of that redistributing went right into his pocket. We call it the trickle-up effect. We'll see how it goes. Stimulates the local economy. Yeah, so the deleted scene kind of gave a little bit of... Yeah, it it would have wrapped things up. I think it would have given it a little bit more of a rounded out feeling. Yeah, because it just didn't feel like... this. One of my complaints about this is it just doesn't feel like a great story. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not, not like very... beginning, middle, end kind of stuff. It's not very cohesive. It's kind of just like, oh, here's a few different r- random Robin Hood tales. Let's put them together and make a movie out right. of it. Right, right. So there aren't... A ton. It's not a musical in the no. traditional sense. No, there's a lot of like background music that's got a lot of themes running through it, yes. but not a whole lot of song songs. <laughs> <laughs> Burp time. That's staying in. <laughs> that was a limoncello scented <laughs> and flavored burp from both of us. Okay, so you know that first song? The whistling song, the Odalali, whatever? Mm-hmm. You'll never guess what it's in. Robin Hood the movie? You'll never guess what else it's in. <laughs> No. It was used for the hamster dance song. Oh, it wasn't. It was. Google it. They sped it up and put it in as the hamster dance song. I thought that was Cotton Eye Joe. No, it just sounds a lot like Cotton Eye Joe. I thought that too until I saw this. Really? Yeah. Did Cotton Eye Joe rip off Robin Hood? Fuck and you, now, Cotton Eye Joe. And now we know because of the, the meme from like 1997. Oh, hamster dance meme. Oh, 
was like hosted on GeoCities, wasn't it? I think so. Oh, GeoCities. Oh. Do you remember how they had different? There was like GeoCities slash Sunset Boulevard for like movie stuff. Yeah. And... Do you think that's? Uh, I hope a lot of that is like archived on the Wayback Machine. I had a handsome website on GeoCities. Did you? Mm-hmm, when I was like twelve. <laughs> yeah. I never got any GeoCities, but I didn't have like computers for a long time. Yeah. Or that and Angel Fire. Angel Fire. Angel Fire was the one that was like. It would probably be pretty vaporwave now because it was like four colors and they were all very bright and contrasting. So you'd have like a lime green background with like everything I've ever seen from Angel Fire and GeoCities is just eye searingly bad. It's real bad. It was real, real bad. bad. Yeah. So we just talked about the hamster dance and had terrible flashbacks to our childhood about it. Um, I think you mean awesome flashbacks. We can agree to disagree. Okay. That might be the beginning of my hating videos on the internet. I hate watching videos on the internet. What if it's like a video of a, of a baby goat wearing pajamas? No, fuck it. I don't push play on videos on the internet. Like Facebook's videos? No. No shit. Not happening. Wow. The only thing that gets me to watch videos on the internet is like weird baking videos where like they're making cakes. But, but what about baby goats in pajamas? Pictures of baby goats in pajamas. Yes. It's not the same as them jumping around like little gymnasts. That's true. What other songs do we have? Uh, there's the Phony King of England. Yeah, that was a good one. That's a fun song. And they yeah. do a, a whole little puppet show. It's apparently based on a much bodier song called The Bastard King of England, which may or may not have been written by Rudyard Kipling. Kipling? Yeah, they don't know. They don't know because I can't imagine you want to actually take credit for that when but you're y- living in England. That kind of brings us back to the Jungle Book, though, so that's kind of cool. It does. Full Even circle. Apparently, this podcast is both Robin Hood and the Jungle Book. We should do that one next. Let's do one that we already have a bunch of stuff done for. The Bastard King of England is just basically about a king going around and fucking everything in sight. It's good to be the king. It's good to be the king. Like, you wouldn't do the same thing. You know what? If you can, and it's all consensual, you do you, man. Get it while you can. Get it while you can. Make that money, girls. Bang that king. (laughs) He can afford it. We're very pro-sex worker on this podcast. Get your due. The only other note that we have on songs is in one of the fight scenes, they use Fight On and On Wisconsin, which are the fight songs for the University of California it's and when, the University of Wisconsin. It's when Lady Cluck is tackling a bunch of the King's guards yeah. because I guess she's doing it in a football style. I don't partake in sports because I am a lady. And sports are dumb. And sports are just super boring. Oh, especially football. God, of all sports. Anyway, so there's not really... Any other songs? I mean, they we noticed in this when we were watching it just earlier that a lot of them say Odalali way more than I realized. Yeah, they say it a lot. Like, it's supposed to be just some kind of, like, rallying cry or something. It, it felt almost like just, like, saying um or saying, like, oh gosh or something. Like, Odalali. Yeah. It's way too wordy to use that frequently. Yeah. No one says that naturally. No. Odalali. <laughs> well, there was a, um... The dollop guys do a video series called Trash Tunes where they watch like weird short cartoons from any time from like the 1930s up to like the 1970s. That shit gets weird. It's super weird. It's so funny because it's them commenting on it. And one of them was, it was some like, um, Maltese Falcon kind of like fast talking guys. And one, and one guy's like, well, you got to come down. the You got to come down the station. Ah, kiss my grandma. <laughs> 
Uh, you should watch them. They're really funny. Trash tunes. Okay. Anyway, veering off again. What are we up to next? I think we're going up to the social comms. Social commentary. So, I feel like this is really important. Okay, so I wasn't able to find any concrete research on this, but I'm pretty sure if anybody has even a passing knowledge of Robin Hood and a passing knowledge of what I'm about to say, you will agree that this movie is 100% at least partially responsible for the outbreak of furries that we have. 100%. 100%. If you don't know what a furry is, I'm not going to say to Google it because you definitely shouldn't, but I'm also not going to tell you what it is. Figure it out, kids. A bunch of you wanted to fuck that fox. A I, bunch of you did. A bunch of people still want to fuck this fox. I found multiple. I even said his voice was attractive. It was. Um, I, I spent five minutes on that, that furry Wikipedia. You now did. I found multiple articles talking about how this fox was foxy. It's yeah, and that's weird. Foxy. There was, I remember watching some show on VH1 when I was like, in my early 20s, and they, it, it was a, a like, 80s nostalgia. It wasn't I Love the 80s. It was one of those shows. And they were talking about Thundercats. Mm. Also responsible for a good amount well, of Well, it was weird because I got all excited because Hanson was interviewed. And Zach, who was the one I was going to marry when I was 13, said something about how, is it Chitara? Is that the girl? Fuck, I don't remember watching I that think it was years. Chitara. He's like, yeah, I mean, if, like, cats look like Chitara, I'd be okay with bestiality. And I was like, oh! oh. Yikes. That's, and I have another thing to comment on here about how it received pretty good critical review upon release, mm-hmm. but in the intervening years, it's been reviewed more critically. So it's like the 54% on Rotten They're Rotten's like Tomatoes. analyzing it a little bit with yeah, more of a critical eye. A lot of the reasons that I was seeing for why it's being maybe reviewed a little, a little more harshly now is the recycled animation that we talked about. So using those scenes from Snow White and yeah. everything and frankly not doing it very well. Yeah. I think that you could have done that a little cleaner and a little neater and yeah. not have it be so evident that that's what so you were doing. So cut and paste. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty glaring. Again, that might lead back to like the HD thing though. I think that we're seeing things so much more clearly because that's something that you can notice when you're watching animation is whatever active animation is happening is brighter and crisper and yes. cleaner than the background. And yeah. I'm sure that wasn't nearly as evident right. on shittier TV. Can you imagine playing like a modern video game on a really old TV. Oh my god, I want to find one now. Like I'm going to I'm going to play The Witcher 3 on like some tube TV. <laughs> and it's just all like black and red. Right? Well, I tried to play Ocarina of Time on the Wii on the TV we have now and it's just like it's so blurry oh, and no. impossible to see what's going on. I didn't even get to the Ocarina. So yeah, so the recycle animation was part of the problem. And apparently, the sex appeal of the main character was an issue for some of the People were uncomfortable with how attracted the fox they were? Yes. <laughs> oh no, I was joking. I think that might actually be what it became. Oh no. Because it, it came down to, like, if you're complaining about the sex appeal of your main character and your main character is an animated fox. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's pretty blatantly saying, I find this... Am I aroused? A little bit. A little bit. Am I happy with that? No, no not really. Not happy at all, apparently. So, I, yeah, I think that's another point in the favor of that's furries terrible. creating from Robin Hood. I mean, at least he was hot. Could have been an ugly ugly animal. Are we rarely going on record as saying it's a hot fox? Nope, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's very weird. Because it was definitely like, when you were a kid, you were like, yeah, that's clearly an attractive fox. <laughs> like, you don't question where everyone's like, oh, Robin Hood. I think I understand what they're saying about how they don't like that he's attractive now. Right? Is, like, yeah, you have, pretty... when you start to think critically about your childhood movies, 
look when i when i was a kid my first like big crush when i was nine was jared the goblin king you can't go wrong there. no but when i was a teenager and rewatched it i was like why did my parents let me watch this movie that had so much penis in it so much penis there is some serious swing in that man's front yard was my <laughs> ipad's falling over <laughs> um like it's not it's straight up inappropriate i mean you look back on your childhood and you see things that you never saw before and you are very disturbed by them i'm sitting here going shit what am i letting abby watch that yeah, what kind of weirdo like, are you turning her into? Why, why did you let me watch? No, I'm pretty sure I can blame it on Connor, who lets her watch like the bloody wrestling matches. Oh, that. I, well, I mean, that's not going to be the issue. The issue is the cartoon Fox. This is true. God knows what the bronies are doing to MLP. Oh God, it's a punch. Sure, I believe it. It's it's actually written really well. I I mean, there's a reason that adults like it, not just because it's it's written with a lot of jokes that kids will never get. Which there you I think go. The best kids media is yeah that's why the muppet movies are so good. yeah like it, it's written for both audiences layered layers like an onion are we doing dreamworks eventually should we do like a spin-off podcast of dreamworks <laughs> well let's just let's just focus on getting more than two episodes recorded before we go down that rabbit hole but i would be fine I, i'd want to do anastasia that was a good one yeah what else do we have here? Moral ambiguity. Oh, very moral ambiguity. Yeah. I mean, rob from the rich and give to the poor. Sure. To do two, no, two wrongs is one. <laughs> I mean, it is two wrongs because they're like terribly taxing these people. Right. Without any real regulations on it. Where are your regulations? Where are your laws? Yeah, that's right. Where are they? <laughs> well, because it's just, apparently there's only 17 people in all of England and one of them is a sheriff. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit. No. Um, Little John's musings in the beginning, I think it's the first time they actually talk when they're yeah. hanging out in the tree. He was considering if, if it was morally justifiable to steal from the rich, and it reminded me a lot of that Mitchell and Webb look bit about when they're Nazis discussing their plans, and the one of them suddenly decides to question if they're, oh, we're the baddies. <laughs> there are so many skulls in our uniforms. Why are there so many skulls? I mean, maybe we knew that they were bad, but does everyone else who sees them, like, it, it was a, kind of an interesting, like, well, and look then, into, at least he had some scope of, like, context for, like, are we any better than anybody else? But he's back into, like, nope, it's fine. Well, yeah, he was looking at that dreamy-ass fox. Was he going to argue with him? <laughs> How do you argue with this dreamy fox? And then, you know, when they're going to rob the king's carriage, Little John is like, oh, it's illegal to rob nobility and, like, or royals and, like... Pretty sure it's illegal to rob everyone. It's, it's like super illegal though. It's like killing a cop. Like is double super illegal. illegal. <laughs> it's way more illegal than just killing a poor person. But again, Robin Hood is like, but that cold, sweet cash, man. And yeah, maybe Robin Hood is just greedy. I mean, he is. We. I mean, that's one of the things that we. You know what it is? Watching it. He gets off on the thrill. It's a he's cake. like a, one of those extreme couponers who donates all their stuff to charity. At least they donate it to charity. They do. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's those, not bad. Like, those shows that the people would have, like, basements full of, like, shelves of mustard? Yes! What are you gonna do with all that mustard? It's not gonna stay good that long. That's a very good... Well, mustard will stay good for a long time. It's mostly vinegar, but, like... Not forever. No. Not long enough for you to go through all those jars of mustard. I remember one episode where people had to move their kids because they were, like, hoarding out their kids' bedrooms with toilet paper and shit. People get off on, like, the, the rush of it. They get Man, off on the that's, thrill. that's crazy pants. Yeah. Um, what were we talking Oh, sweet cold cash. That's where I was. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But I mean, I think that's we don't get the moral ambiguity again. 
No, That's not it. really. And I think Robin Hood is kind of greedy. There's that whole scene when he's stealing all the bags of gold from Little John, little not Little John, the other John, Prince John, mm-hmm. his room and like he can't just, just leave, leave one leave just the leave one that's under the pillow or the one that the prince is cuddling if you just fucking left that one bag the prince was cuddling you would have gotten off scot-free you wouldn't have burned down a stone castle yeah that stone castle burning really bothered me as an architect <laughs> as a... and a stone mason that really irritated <laughs> me on a professional level but i mean then there's the other side of that that if you're taxing the people of your village so extremely that all of their shops are shut down you're doing something wrong. You're definitely going to want to hire a city manager. Yeah, you need a You're going to want a Chris Traeger and Ben Wyatt to <laughs> figure out what's going on. How come everyone is... How come everyone left? Because, I mean, like, yeah. How are the... It's also, like, so short-sighted. They can't keep paying new taxes if they aren't running their businesses. Yeah, that's commie talk, but sure. Commie talk. Yes, comrade. Do you want to talk about the stereotypes of the overweight characters again? Oh, this Re- is a, a recurring theme in Disney welcome, films. Welcome to the recurring theme of our podcast. Mm-hmm. Why are all of the fat characters comedic? Mm-hmm. Um, or evil. Or evil. Yeah. Pick one. So this one, we have Lady Cluck, who is the companion a lady in waiting a lady in waiting to maid marion who is a fat chicken with cleavage and a scottish accent uh, and a thumb apparently and wing thumbs, thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> and really bad knitting skills and terrible knitting skills you should be ashamed of yourself lady cluck you're never gonna finish anything with that her scarf is going okay i don't know how she's gonna cast it off she can't, she can't. but so again it's this bigger character who is seen as not as important or not as valid or not as interesting mm-hmm. as your pretty perfect skinny one. So in this yep. case, Maid Marian is our pretty perfect skinny girl. Right. And you have Lady Cluck, who at one point literally sends Maid Marian away after the archery tournament and is like, go, this isn't for ladies. And then she goes and bowls over some rhinos herself, clearly to on Wisconsin. To on Wisconsin, uh, clearly indicating that she is not a lady. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, that's something that is very consistent. And I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of like a recent movie where maybe that wasn't in, uh, no, even in The Princess and the Frog, the like witch doctor in the woods is kind of short and heavy and John Goodman's character is big. Um, I ship Little John and Lady Cluck. They seem like they have a really good time together. Well, they are the side characters. They have to have something to do. They hang out a lot, though. Like, they really seem like they get along. They fought together. Sidekicks and main characters gotta get together. Exactly. And I think that bears and chickens can make a life together. I mean, they might not be able to have their own children biologically. No, they definitely wouldn't. But, Bears can't grow in eggs. There are lots of children who need homes. Yeah, just take some of the rabbits. Take some of those fucking rabbits. That woman can't afford all those rabbit babies. Clearly. You'd have to fight the guy, though, on the Disney Wikipedia, or Wiki, who thought that Alan Adele and Lady Cluck should be it. Yeah, that's just racism, though. I could not find any fix, though. There was nothing. You couldn't find any, you know, oh, it's too bad. I couldn't find any fix about Alan Adele and Lady Cluck. You're gonna have to write some. I think I will leave that to that one commenter on the Disney Wiki. The one who has the dream. Who has the dream. You know what? If you have that dream and it's not out there, you have to make it yourself. That's right. I'll fight him. It. It'll be a fan fiction battle. Please write some little John Lady Cluck fix. 
I'm not going to do that. No. Do it. I'm not going to do it. Do it. I won't show you. I'm going to write one for you. <laughs> oh, so this was kind of kind of wildly relevant for today. Um, while it may not have been Disney's intention, Robin Hood does kind of teach that political disobedience can be the right way. Okay. Like, sometimes you have to act to fix Yeah, that's things. kind of um, what dr is it a bg mm-hmm. i was quoting was saying that like this was one of the first times that disobeying whatever the the law of the land was was portrayed in a positive light and how like that was kind of shocking yeah in that time because it was i mean like when you look at the monarchy up until fairly recently they were considered divinely selected like people thought that god had picked these right. people and to go against that was... to go against that would be to go against god and that's how they get you. That's how they get you. So I think that that's, it seems silly now, but at the time it was a very significant thing to resist. Yeah. It was going against all societal norms. Uh, do we want to talk about the mommy issues? Oh, I don't even know where to start with the mommy issues. They're, they're very strange. This whole movie's really kind of weird, isn't it? It's really weird. And, oh, God, this is, the, this is the other overarching theme of this podcast, ruining our childhood movies. Yeah. Um, the thumb-sucking as you get older, really is kind of, kind of Well, and, like, much. he's rubbing his ear. Yeah. And sucking on his thumb. And this is not, like, a private thing that he does. Clearly, the entire kingdom is aware yeah, of they his make, mommy They issues. make fun of it. They make fun of it in the song. And, like, everyone's making fun of it. Like, what? Also, that is kind of rude to making fun of people's, like, mental illness. Well. There are no, no one has the moral high ground with the mommy issue thing, I think. No. I don't think anyone has, has a moral high ground in this movie at all. Definitely not the baby rabbits. Who has moral high ground in this movie? Lady Cluck. She Does she? shit wrong. Okay, but she's also supporting this usurper of the throne. What's she supposed to do? She fought an entire battalion of rhinos. I think she could take down one measly lion. Oh, you want her to assassinate the king? She's yes. not on the side of good because she isn't murdering the king? Man, you're more radical than I am. <laughs> I'm a socialist and I'm even out murdering people. But yeah, I don't... The mommy issues are weird. Yeah, I kind of wanted those to be investigated a little bit more. But like, I don't know where to go. Like, he just... He has really crazy mommy issues. Well, he's clearly, like, the more diminutive of the brothers. He's small. He's small. He doesn't have a mane. But yeah, it's just... It's just disturbing and It's disturbing. Like, and it's, it's disturb. It's more disturbing the older that I get. Yeah. Like, when I was a kid, it was like, oh, ha, 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 he's sucking his thumb. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, okay. There's something wrong with that man. That man needs some serious fucking help. He and instead, help. he ends up chained to a rock. Well, that is a commentary on the American prison industry. There you go. The uh, prison industrial complex. <laughs> Take. We're no better than the medieval. Let's lighten it up here. Okay. Let's, let's get away from the mommy issues. Um, okay. What is the point of all of these animals wearing clothes? If only some of them are wearing clothes, right. and none of them are covering their bottoms except for, like, your stereotypical ladies. Uh, Maid Marian has a full skirt. The She has a full skirt and, like, pantaloons. All the pantaloons. women have pantaloons, which I thought no. was weird. No, they don't all have them. Maid Marian has them. Maybe Lady Cluck has them, but are they just her feathers? Because there's a scene where they get pulled down and you see her underwear, and it's, like, Okay, so she has them. And the sister rabbit has it. Okay. But not the other babies' rabbits. Are They're they... all just wearing shirts. Oh. Robin Hood doesn't have pants. 
Yeah, that is true. I mean, again, occasionally I little John wears pants. Don't really want to think about the animal's genitals, but I suppose you do have a point. I mean, clearly this is a Disney movie, and they are all genderless, right? Biologically speaking. Biologically speaking, sure. They do not have any reproductive no, parts. No, it's like a Ken doll. They are Ken dolls. Yep. And Barbie dolls. But yeah, they don't have any. Like it's really arbitrarily. Who's wearing clothes and who's not? Or Donald Duck in it. Or who's wearing shoes and who's not? Yeah, that's true. Robin Hood's not wearing shoes. One of the rabbits is. Maybe just the ones who have delicate little feet are wearing shoes. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird choices all over the place. It is. And let's talk about the seamstresses of the medieval animal kingdom. The unsung heroes the of unsung the medieval era. The unsung heroes who have to make all sorts of different shapes and sizes of things. Who and who are they? Who and I would like to see them. Did they get taxed out of business? Probably. Mm. Fuck you, Prince John. That's our takeaway. <laughs> I can't watch a movie without thinking about costuming. It's sure. It's bad. Makes sense. Um, mostly because that's how my brain works now. Is I look and go, well, how would I make that? Right. Um, like we went to Frozen Two with Abby, and all I could think about was how I would make that dress. Was it good? It was pretty good. Okay. It was weird. There I haven't was seen it. An eighties music video ballad in the middle. I've heard. I, yeah, I've heard it's about really it. Really weird. Um, it was fun. It was good. It was pretty. It there has some of the most realistic CGI water I've ever seen in my life. Oh, they're post Gollum. Post post Gollum. Way post Gollum. Mm-hmm. Then we okay. So what's our next thing? Disney physics. I have to take my angel out out of the oven. That is not Disney physics. I can't believe that my friggin' thing's been in there for like over half an hour and it's still friggin' frozen. I just put it in without the foil wrap. Uh, Disney physics. Disney's. Let's start with the snake. This snake should not have been alive. There's nothing that happens to the snake in this movie that should no. let it continue to exist. Nope. It gets its head stuck in a balloon and somehow produces helium. It gets tied up in knots a ton and then, like, shoved around and stuffed into baskets and shit. And sat on by an entire lion. It gets shoved in the barrel of ale and just is fine. But snakes aren't supposed to drink alcohol, I don't think. What was the line that he says? I don't drink. I don't drink. (laughs) Please, I don't drink. Please, I don't drink. It was a funny line. Also, it snores in that scene in the Mm -hmm. bedroom. Snakes can't snore. I looked this up. I googled it. They can, however, have respiratory infections. Mm-hmm. So if your snake is snoring, take it to the vet. Never think about snakes having lungs. <laughs> <laughs> they just look like a neck with a face, so... I mean, they are basically just neck with a face, which brings us to our next point. How do you know where to tie the cloak on a snake? Yeah. Who made who made that call? Who made that call? Like, did they decide that... And did you notice as he was slithering away, he was slithering on top yeah, of the cloak? I that did. was driving me nuts. That. Why was he on top? Like, that was a deliberate choice. They animated that. Maybe just to show that he's a hot mess. He Do you is think he's mess. in love with Prince John? Absolutely. Yeah. There are fix of I am a thousand percent not interested in reading those. They are um, human versions of them, though. Okay, that's... It's not that's a fine. snake that's and a fine. lion. That's fine. That's fine. I don't care about that. As long as it isn't a snake trying to fuck a lion. <laughs> the internet is a horrible place. <laughs> it's just really the one of the worst things we've ever done as a society. Basically it is. Uh, we've referenced it repeatedly, but the castle gets lit on fire by the sheriff of Nottingham and somehow gets completely engulfed in flames. Maybe it's covered in butane. 
Maybe they did that. But I don't think the stones will burn after the butane burns off. Maybe it was a lot of butane. And, like, one of those towers is collapsed by the time Robin jumps off of it. Yeah, it's not... I don't know. Maybe they'd never seen a tower before. It has um, wood-like beams inside. Sure, but I feel like the structure of the castle should remain intact. Yeah, probably. Also, where Get was the castle? Be. This I, this isn't Disney physics, but I... So the openings, or the first scene with Prince John, he's saying, like, oh, where's the next stop? Oh, it's Nottingham. So right. he's clearly not from Nottingham, but he has a castle there. Well, I think and there are castles all over fucking England. Why would he stay in the place that's bankrupt? Why wouldn't he move around? And go bankrupt more places. Maybe he was just waiting to get them all, and then he was going to go. It's weird. It is weird. Oh, we we can talk about the physics of the arrow shooting contest. Yeah, it didn't seem very realistic, did it? Like, he shoots two sticks tied together with some string. I'm pretty sure those aren't actually going to go anywhere. Probably not, but he is better at this than us. He he would know. He shoots an arrow up, and then shoots another arrow and hits it, and it still gets in the bullseye. Yep. That's legit. You say the bullseye? The bullseye. Yeah, but you said it weird. The bullseye. <laughs> okay. He does have some great stilt walking abilities, though. He's clearly done it before. Also, getting that beak to move when he talks is probably no small feat. That's some serious draw power. Yeah. He's, he is uh, as talented as he is sexy. So there's the Clark Kent Superman. If he's wearing glasses, nobody recognizes him. It's amazing. Is Nottingham really Metropolis? Find out at 10. <laughs> I don't think I have anything else for Disney physics off the top of my head. Oh, uh, uh, the um, waterfall? Oh, the waterfall. So he takes Maid Marian behind a waterfall through the weird dripping cave and comes out of a little entrance into his, like... His camp. His, his camp. Base camp. Where did the water come from? Where did the water come I'm from? I'm not a waterologist. I don't know anything about these things. But I do think that water does have to have a source where it's coming from somewhere. Maybe perhaps a river? Perhaps, you know, yeah, like coming from up a mountain and coming down from melt off from snow. But, like, there's nothing there. There's no mountain. There's no stone behind No, the waterfall is only, like, ten feet tall. Yeah. So it's not like it's coming down some huge... Right. Everest and Mountain, and you just so can't see the other side. Did they cut out, like, a half an hour trek through a tunnel? I don't know. She can't trek that far. She's, she's got not even wearing little, shoes. She's got little slippers on. She yeah. can't walk through caves like that. So, no. yeah, what the fuck? Okay, are we on a miscellaneous? I think we are on a miscellaneous. Just about to wrap this up. Getting there. Oh, there's the part where, at the beginning, when little John is kissing Prince John's hand. Yeah. And he just sucks those jewels right out of I him. always hated that part. It always grossed me out so much when I was a kid. It does gross me out, but also, like, what shitty jewelry are you wearing that yeah, you could the, just pull the jewels the out of The setting is definitely settings. not very good. And it, apparently, it happens to him a lot, because he talks about it during the Yeah. Era, it's like, the don't, shooting don't do that anymore. Don't, just, don't touch my jewels. I don't do that anymore. The poster reward for oh. Robin Hood is that a thousand pounds, which Jesse looked up. I and... googled it, and it's equivalent to approximately two million pounds, mm-hmm. or two point six million U.S. dollars. What was that the inflation other... from? What year did you um, adjust from? Like eleven hundred or something? Yeah, they go from like eleven hundred. Yeah. So, fun fact, there are calculators for inflation from 1100 Yeah. And then there's another poster that calls out ingots. 10,000 ingots as a reward. And I couldn't come up with anything that was, It's like, a piece of metal. It, an ingot is just yeah. a piece of metal. And so there was no, like, it comparison. Has, well, then it has to be, like, a piece of metal that is worth 10. Well, yeah, and there are historical references pound. to ingots, but they're, like, 
Greek ingots. And I, okay. I couldn't find anything that was relevant to the medieval period. Nottingham ingots. Nottingham did not get onto that register. Oh, we talked about how Sir Hiss, we think, is the actual like heart of the villainy of this whole movie because it is his lie that drags King Richard off to not just the crusade. It sounds like Sir Hiss makes up the crusades. Well, I mean, he hypnotizes King Richard. Right. And sends him off to the crusades. So was Hiss an advisor to Richard before he was an advisor to John? And he just like, what is it, a double crosser? Double crosser. Or maybe he just had some big villainous plot. Or he's an opportunist. He also was kind of a yes man, though. Yeah. So. But we think he was in love with Prince John, so that probably accounts for that. That probably does account for the yes man side of it. So that's my takeaway from Robin Hood. Yeah. Sir Hiss is the actual villain of this movie. Yeah. But not because he's gay. But not because he's gay. It's because he's a wimp. Because he's. And he has a respiratory infection. Hypnotizing people. Um, what was the snake in the jungle book that hypnotized people oh yeah oh my god this is hand in hand i feel like we have to do the jungle book soon so we can have some comparisons is it ka i think or is that the tiger no that's something else is that the tiger i'm gonna google it okay i want to say scarlett johansson voiced voiced it in the movie Oh, I don't think I ever saw that one. Uh, the, um... Ka, you were right. The John Favreau one. Oh, it's very similar animation, too, to Sir Oh, look Hiss. at that. The John Favreau one is phenomenal. You know it's what? It's so good. John Favreau's pretty good at everything he does. He did The Mandalorian. The Lion King is not good. The Lion King was not a good movie. Yeah, but I don't know that he actually did much for that. I don't know. Uh, The Mandalorian's fantastic. Ugh. So, wrapping up. You want to talk? We, I don't think we wrote anything down for adaptations. We don't write down anything for adaptations, but frankly, Google it. Um, there are so many. There are so many. There's the Errol Flynn one. There's the Kevin Costner one. Didn't, um, what's his face from Australia do one? Who? The gladiator guy. Russell Crowe. Oh, I think so. It was a show on BBC for a while where I, the sheriff of, of uh, Nottingham was played by Keith Allen, who is Lily Allen's father. And Alfie Allen, who played Theon on Game of Thrones. Oh. Uh, but Richard Armitage played Guy of Gisborne, and he was more of a more of a player. But then I think they killed Marion, and I stopped watching it. They killed Marion? They killed Marion. They fucking, fucking killed her. And she was like a badass, too. Of course. Can't have a badass woman character. She's gone. Met Robin Hood in tights, which is the probably... So I saw that one before I saw the Kevin Costner one without realizing that it it's not even a parody. It's just kind of like a shot-by-shot remake. Is it really? The Kevin Costner one is so fucking bad. It is. But it takes itself seriously. I saw a list somewhere that put that as the top Robin Hood adaptation. I wanted to be like, That list Please. was wrong. Even was I wrong. know that's not true. It's terrible. It, Robin Hood Menetites is one of my favorite lines of why he's the best Robin Hood. I'm the only one with an English accent. <laughs> See? Freaking burn. Hey, Blinken. Did you say a hey, Blinken? <laughs> God, that's such a good movie. It is a good movie. There's a Doctor Who episode that does Robin Hood. Oh, is there? Yeah. It's everywhere. Is. It's so permeated in like Western culture yeah. and it's so ingrained in storytelling that it's it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's one of those things that you can find many, many adaptations yeah. if you only look just a little bit. Just a little bit. And um, the old, the old uh, like swashbuckling movies are pretty fun. Yeah. I didn't, I haven't seen the one this was kind of based on the 1952 Robin Hood and His Merry Men. Was that a Disney one? That was a Disney one. Yeah. Don't worry. We'll get to it. We will get to it. But I haven't seen that one, but I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's It's terrible. a thing. Yeah. Anything else? Final thoughts? 
I appreciated the acting a lot more than I did when I was a kid. Particularly, I don't remember the name of the... Oh, whoever played Prince John and Prince Richard. Peter uh, Ustinov. Peter Ustinov. He, considering it was all voice acting, I think he did a really amazing job. His comedic timing was like flawless what his inflection was really good his inflection was really oh. good which I, I mean it was a big deal for voice acting you can't see you so you pretty, to... pretty important i think a lot of it was a lot of it was really well done i think yeah. that's something that disney maybe doesn't get enough credit for is how well their voice actors do yeah because it's hard it's, it is hard it's very hard you can hear us we sound like dummies yep it's something that I'm definitely coming to appreciate more the older that I get and the times that we're rewatching all this stuff is that there's a lot of fucking work that goes into making these things happen. Yeah. Anything else for you? Uh, you know, continuing to ruin childhood movies. One at a time. One at a time. Every time I watch them, I'm like, I can't wait to watch a movie that I've never seen before so I'm not ruining That'll something. That'll be really fun. Uh-huh. Or one we haven't seen for a really long time and don't have any, like, I don't have any memories of watching The Rescuers. See, I do. I have rescuers' memories. I won't have. That I don't. It have. will be like watching, or like the Aristocats. It'll be like watching it for the first time. Overall, I just I'm disappointed in the lack of like a cohesive story. Yeah. And I don't think that's something that I cared about when I was a kid, which is fair. Sure. Kids are dumb. Yeah, it gives a shit. But now it's kind of like, okay, well, why didn't we resolve right. any of this? And I, I guess I kind of feel that way about most Robin Hood adaptations, like even Men in Tights, like. King Richard comes back and suddenly everything is fine. Maybe that's the trouble with really only having these very short stories like the archery competition is apparently a very well-known Robin Hood story and the characters like there isn't a big coherent cohesive start to finish story and that's something maybe that's something that that will be done someday. Yeah. Maybe that's something that the what is it Teron Edgerton or whatever his name is. Yeah. Maybe that one is really yeah, good. Yeah, I think it's hard when you have something that's such a pervasive story through Western culture to, yeah. to make a story. Because you have to, if you're, if you're trying to make a two hour long movie, you have to kind of add to that. And you have to do that. And it's really easy, I think, to fuck that up. At that point, just do like a series. Like I had really right. high hopes for that BBC series and it was on. It was on when I was like 2004. It was a yeah, long time I, ago. I meant to watch it. I never did. Now I'm not going to because it fucking killed off Mary. Yeah, it's not worth it. I fell in love and got my heart broken. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed our episode about the 1973 Robin Hood. If we wildly fucked up something, please let us know. But if you just disagree with us, I mean, you still can, but we probably won't respond to you. No, unless I'm having a really bad day and I want to fight on Twitter. Mm. Then I might. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at WTPA Pod. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and most of all, have fun. Have fun and watch some of your childhood favorites. And then destroy them. And then rip them to shreds. Bye. Bye. You know what I didn't do? What? I didn't do my facts. You didn't do your facts. You could have done that after we did the outro, but okay. (laughs) Sorry, I just remembered it. (laughs) All right, we'll do the outro and then I'll do my facts and then you can edit it in. Can you do that? I can do that. Okay. Sorry, Mom.